22. And uh, let's look at these two verses together. Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. This is as Jesus is approaching his crucifixion uh, at the Lord's Supper. And he's having that famous conversation with Peter where Peter says, though all would deny thee, I'll not forsake thee, I'll die for thee. And uh, Jesus says, well, heads up, Peter, before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. And obviously Peter denies that. Uh, but then Jesus makes this statement. And look at verse number 31. The Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not when thou art converted. Strengthen the brethren. I would say that, and I think this is true of anyone, but especially as someone who um, tries to lead others and encourage others and, and challenge others, that one of the most discouraging things that, that I hear from people and that, that you may hear from somebody, or the most discouraging thing that you might even think yourself is that I just don't see the purpose for life right now. I don't see the point for what I'm going through. And, um, you know, the, the goal that my wife and I have always had since we started working with, um, you know, singles, college-age folks nine years ago, um, our goal has always been for our generation to know that life has a purpose. Um, to, to know that you have a purpose. That's, that, that's been our, our goal, our, our tagline, if you will, living with a purpose since we started. And, and, and we want to make sure that, that we know as we enter this new stage of life for many of you, whether you've graduated or you're going into college or you're graduating college and moving on, we want you to know that life has a purpose. And, and that's why we, we talk about, we focus on things like the book of Acts, where we want to be on mission, because that's a part of God's purpose for our lives. And that's a part of uh, wherever we are and whatever stage of life and, and whatever our focus is, whether we're in school or out of school or not even worried about school or way past school, uh, whatever our, wherever we find ourselves, we, we know that there is purpose and that God has purpose for us. And so we, we want to be able to, to find that purpose. However, I realize, and especially as it's been magnified over the last six months or so, sometimes it is hard enough to just, instead of worried about the, the nebulous big purpose, big picture, what is the purpose of my life, it's hard enough just to see the purpose, the reason in everyday normal life. And then you add in pain and problems and difficulties and hardships and questions and, and temptations and trials, and, and it's hard to find the purpose. But, but I want to say, and this is why we want to look at this for the next couple of weeks, that there is a reason. There is a reason. You know, we can look at life, and especially it's been easy to look at life in many cases over the last six months and say it's not worth it. That 
it's, uh, it's not worth it. Why should I keep trying? Maybe some of you have just looked at life and difficulties and hardships and things that you have had to go through and issues that you have faced and you've looked at them and you say, I, I don't know why I keep trying. It's not making a difference. Uh, I, I'm praying. I, I'm doing right. You look up at God and say, God, I, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to, to follow you. I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm giving. I'm, I'm trying to reach others. And it just doesn't seem to matter. It's just there doesn't seem to be a reason. I don't see the purpose, but I want to tell you that there is a reason, and that's what we're going to look at over the next three weeks. Now, I would say that probably all of us, for the most part, there are exceptions, but for the most part, we would agree that people hate pain. People hate pain. Um, how many of you, by show of hands, would say that you are at least you mildly at least dislike pain. You would not like pain, okay? I know Ruben's not raising his hand over there. Weirdo. Uh, but, and some people have a high threshold for pain. I, I, I would like to think that I have a, a reasonably high threshold for pain, physical pain. Um, uh, I, I would like to think that I am not like uh, the prototypical, stereotypical man who is a baby when he gets sick or gets injured or hurt. Um, don't ask my wife if that's true or not. Uh, I would like to think that. Uh, but for the most part, people hate pain. Now, I do want to qualify that statement, though. Because I think that people hate pain, but in reality, they hate pain without purpose. They hate pain without purpose. You know, we, when, when, when bad happens, when difficulties rise... When, when you have to, when, when you get into a, a car wreck, when you uh, have relationship trouble, when you have issues at school, when you lose a job, um, those things that bring pain and trouble into our lives, in many cases that are not our fault and, and not because we chose them, uh, those things, we don't see the reason in the pain. We don't like the pain because we don't see the purpose. You know, maybe it's we're, we're dealing with sickness. We lose a loved one. Uh, we, we hate the pain because we don't see the purpose. We ask, why is this happening? Where is God? Uh, why, why would he allow this to happen to me? Why, 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 is, why is this a part of my life right now when I'm trying to do right, when I'm trying to go forward, I'm trying to discover what his purpose is for my life, I'm trying to be obedient to him, I'm, I'm trying to help others, I want to stay faithful, I, I want to do right, again, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church, I'm trying to grow close to God, what is the purpose for this? And again, I think it's not that people hate pain, they hate pain without a purpose, they hate pain for no reason. Because the truth is, people can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. People can endure a lot of difficulty if there is a reason behind it. You know, people, people pay a lot of money to be in pain. Uh, people pay a lot of money to, to inflict pain upon themselves uh, even on a regular basis, you know, these, these, these weirdos that, that want to run all the time. I understand that. Uh, we, we got a plaque back there of uh, several years ago, uh, people, they're not even in, this, in the class anymore, it's so long ago, but they ran a 5K and they were like the number one church group. 
And they tried to get me to run with them. <laughs> uh, and they've tried to get me to run with them since then. But uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's where I hate pain, because I don't see the purpose in that. Uh, but people like to, they run the marathon, and they put themselves through a lot of pain, and they do a 5K, and then a 10K, and then finally they get all the way to 26.2 miles, or whatever it is. And, and, and they put themselves through some pain. Why? Because there's satisfaction. There's the accomplishment. There's the, the realization that I did something. I, I accomplished something. You know, a couple of you guys in here, you, you do CrossFit. That I really don't understand. Um, and put yourself through a lot of pain to what? Say you did 4,000 reps. Is that, is that, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm just, yeah. Uh, but, but I don't, but people do that and pay money to do that. Uh, pay money to, to put themselves through a lot of pain. Why? There, there's a purpose in that though. There, there's a reason. I don't see it, but they see it. Uh, they know what the reason is, the purpose is. Um, but why, why do people, endure pain they can endure pain because they see the purpose you know somebody who is breaking free from addiction and will go through the pain of withdrawal the pain of of quitting whatever they've been addicted to and relying upon they'll go through that pain why because they want to achieve sobriety. They want the freedom from that addiction. They see the purpose. Uh, a, a, a mother will endure the pain of childbirth. Why? Because there's a purpose to bring a child into this world. People don't mind pain if there is purpose, if they see the purpose. They can endure hurt. They can endure uncertainty. We can endure frustration. We can endure pain if we see the purpose. And so can I say to you this morning, for the pain, for the hurt, for uh, the frustration, the anxiety, uh, whatever that you are facing, there is purpose in that pain. So let's pray, and then we'll get into this this morning. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together with your people this morning. Oh, Lord, we thank you for these buildings. We thank you for these facilities and the shelter from the heat and from the rain that's soon to come. And Lord, we do ask for your protection and your hand upon us. This, as this storm approaches. God, in this moment, I just pray that you please help us to take shelter, not just from the physical elements that will be coming, but God, we take shelter from the distractions. We take shelter from the pain, the difficulty, the frustration that we may be facing. God, we take shelter in your grace. We take shelter in your peace. We take shelter in your power and in your strength this morning. God, I thank you for your word that it does promise us the purpose in pain. And I pray that you please through it and through our time together that you'd reveal it to us and help us to draw closer to you because of it. Bless the service to follow and everything that will go on that will be done to your honor and glory. We ask in your name. Amen. Look back at uh, Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 31. We read that just a second ago. And I got to say that as you read these verses, this conversation that Jesus has with Peter, it's probably one of the most perplexing passages in Scripture, at least for me, uh, and especially at first glance. Look at it again. Jesus says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, and thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, hold on a second. 
Because uh, Jesus knows in this moment that Satan after Peter. Uh, the devil, now understand this, the devil asked, has to ask permission to bring the trials, the testings, the hurt into our lives. It does not happen without the Lord allowing it. Uh, he has to, to, to achieve that permission, to ask that permission from the Lord. And, uh, you know, when you read verses like that, when Jesus knows that Satan is about to attack, when, when Jesus knows that Satan is coming after Peter, uh, when, when, okay, the story of Job, when, when Job, who is obedient to God and following the Lord and trying to raise his children right, and, and a just man upright before the Lord, as God by his own admission tells Satan, and God says to Satan, go ahead, he's yours. When you read verses like that, you think, hold on a second. Wait a second, God. Jesus, in this moment, you knew that the devil was about to attack, and you just let it happen? In my mind, that makes me wonder. In my mind, I, I'm trying to figure out what is going on here. Uh, in my mind, I'm trying to, to understand what Jesus is doing. You know, he says, uh, Satan hath desired to sift you, or to have you. That he may sift you as wheat, that he may divide you, that he may separate you, that he may break you apart, Peter. But I've prayed for you. Hold on a second, Jesus. We appreciate the prayers. But could you do something a little more than just pray for us right now? Uh, could you do something a little more? Uh, can, can you skip the prayer and, and get rid of the devil for us? Just run him off? Just, just, you know, one of your, instead of telling, I'm sure Peter was probably thinking, Jesus, instead of calling me the devil and telling me to get, me, get behind you, uh, as he had in a few chapters before, can you just tell the devil to get behind me? But that's not what Jesus did. I've said this before, but there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who are facing trials, those who are dealing with pain, and those who are about to, because that is life. If we're dealing with pain, that's a part of life. If we're not, that's also a part of life. But get prepared because it's probably coming sooner rather than later. Uh, two kinds of people in this world. And again, as I said, and one of the reasons why I wanted to, to look at these truths uh, starting at this time is because over the last six months or so, and it's hard to believe it's been six months, uh, it's been a long trial for all of us. Uh, we, we've all had to deal uh, with difficulties to some level with the trial, the, the pain that the entire world has gone through. Uh, obviously, there's the sickness part of things, and thank the Lord, none of us necessarily have had to, to worry about that directly in here. A uh, uh, few of us have, but, but not to, to any difficult degree. But we've had to deal with sickness. We've had to deal just with the restrictions you know, uh, I was thinking earlier this week that it was six months ago uh, this Sunday. Six months ago from this Sunday was, was our last service, regular service, before everything shut down. And on that Sunday, although we knew it might be a possibility, none of us were thinking that that would be the last service that we met together for a while. And the pain, all of us have had to deal with that, the restrictions. How about just the unknown? Just not knowing what is going to happen, not knowing what's going to happen, when we're going to be able to come back to church, when we're going to be able to come back to school, uh, the, 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 just the unknown. 
the pain in that. You know, uh, we, we ask questions, and, and I'm sure all of us asked questions, and, and probably still are asking questions as things have not completely gone back to what life was before all this. You know, how long is this going to last? Uh, what's the purpose? Why, why are we having to go through all of this? Why am I having to go through all of this? You know, um, I, I've been thinking a lot and, and certainly praying for you guys that just graduated from high school. Uh, because, you know, going back to March, we were only supposed to be out of school for a couple of weeks. And then that turned into a month. And then that kept on going until the rest of the school year was canceled. And what was a small interruption has become a huge question mark, uh, not only on the present, but also on the futures of, of many that are trying to decide what, what's going to happen next. Can I say that in these moments when, when Jesus says, hey, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, because we have those moments too. He told that to Peter, but we all have those moments where the devil, it feels like he's attacking us. It feels like we're all alone. It feels like uh, he is just breaking us apart. It just feels like uh, uh, heart, mind, soul, and body are just being torn in four different directions. In those moments, we've got to remember that these are testing moments. In those attacking moments, they are testing moments. We'll see that here in, in Peter in just a minute. We mentioned Job a second ago. But again, God allowed Satan to bring pain to Job. God allowed Satan to bring a lot of pain to Job. Whatever pain that we've had to endure, and some in here much more than others. But even that pales in comparison to what Job went through. Losing everything that was considered wealth back in those days. Losing all ten of his children. Going through difficulty in his marriage. The one person that he thought he could count on. His wife telling him, Job, just give it up. You, you would be better to me dead, is basically what she said. And then losing his health as well. All of that pain. A test. Uh, think of, uh, of Daniel. Uh, and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the pain that they went through. Being ripped away from their homeland. Uh, taken from their family. The rest of their family and friends, probably they watched murdered right before their eyes. In horrific ways taken from their family, long away into Babylon, forced to be taught the culture, language, food. They, they were trying to be indoctrinated to be Babylonians, to completely lose everything that they were before as Jewish boys, uh, to become Babylonians, to go through all that pain. Why? It was a test. Uh, can I say this to you? And I think this is the first uh, blanks there on your handout. Sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain. Sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain. When you look at Simon Peter and just his life in general, um, as a believer, Certainly, if you take your life out of it, it can make you feel better about yourself. 
because it just seems like until the end of his life, and even then, uh, Simon Peter just can't get things right. He just can't get it right. You know, opens his mouth, puts his foot in his mouth. He's way too bold. Uh, and then when he has an opportunity to be bold and not deny Christ, he denies him three times. Peter just can't win. He just can't get it right. And, and, and certainly, all of us need to have a friend like Peter. Keep a friend like Peter around just to feel better about yourself. That's why I keep Joel around. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> you feel better about yourself. But look at, and, and we won't take time to look at all of these, but... I want us to, to understand that in all of those high points of Peter's failures, of his pain, because believe me, it was painful for Peter when he failed. It was pain that Peter endured and, and, and had to uh, uh, fully realize in his own life when he failed. In that pain, it was preparation for what was coming next for Peter. In Matthew 16, Jesus is predicting his life, that he or his death, excuse me, that then he's going to go to Jerusalem. And then he's going to give his life as a ransom for many. And on the third day, he's going to rise again so that he can give life again. And what does Peter say? Hold on to Jesus. That's not a part of the plan. We're not going to let you do that. And what does Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter. Oh, Peter, you messed up. But then it comes a little farther. Matthew 26 again. Peter has a chance to declare his loyalty and, and, and show his faith and, and be strong for the Lord. And Jesus and the disciples, they go to the garden where Jesus is going to pray in preparation for his crucifixion. And, and he asks the disciples to, to, to pray with him. And he asks Peter, James, and John to stay awake and pray with him. And, and when he comes back, what does he find? Peter's on logs. Can't even stay awake. And then, of course, just a few moments later... We read in John 18 where Jesus is now being arrested and the, the high priest's uh, soldiers and guards have come and, 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 and Peter is going to now defend. Now is his moment to defend the Lord. And so he pulls out his sword and he swings at the first guy that's near him. And, and, and thankfully, Peter has a bad miss and, or bad aim and just cuts off this guy's ear. And, and Jesus then takes time to... Can you imagine how much time it took for them to find the ear? It's in the dark in the garden. You know, anyway. Uh, and Jesus heals the man, but Peter has failed again. And then, of course, Luke chapter number 22, we read at the end of the chapter where Peter has the opportunity to stand for Christ. Peter has the opportunity to declare his loyalty. Peter has the opportunity to do what he said he would do and say, I will not deny thee, forsake thee, I would die for thee. And Peter dies in three times. And on the last time, Look at verse number 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Now, we all have experienced, I'm sure, conviction in moments of sin. When we realized, I blew it. And you feel like the Lord is looking at you. But Peter actually had to experience that. When he said, I don't, what does he say in verse number 60? Man, I know not what thou sayest. I don't even know what you're talking about. And he turns and makes eye contact with Jesus. Not about you, that is pain. To understand 
what he had just done. Both that he had denied his Lord, but also uh, that he had done it when Jesus said that he was going to. I'm sure that Peter in that moment felt like a failure. The pain that was in his life. And I'm sure that all of us at some point or another, we could put ourselves in Peter's spot, in his shoes, in those sandals, and say, yeah, I've blown it too. I've experienced that same pain. I, I can't figure out what the next step is. I just can't seem uh, to get it right. I, I, I can't seem to, to, to get school right. I can't seem to get work right. I can't seem to get relationships right. I can't seem to get my finances right. I can't seem to get my faithfulness to the Lord right. I just can't figure it out. Everything that I am touching seems to turn to dust instead of gold. And we've all had to endure those moments of pain. We say, I know I'm supposed to have a life that uh, exhibits love and joy, peace, faithfulness, and kindness, and gentleness, and goodness, and meekness, and faith, and temperance. It seems my, like my life just overflows with anger, and anxiety, frustration, and fear, and worry, and road rage, and eating two pizzas late at night. That's not pain for some. So where was God in all of Peter's failures? Where was Jesus in all of Peter's pain? Where was God in Job's pain? As Job got news from his servants that all of his camels were gone, and all of his sheep were gone, and all of his uh, donkeys were gone, and all of his children were dead. And as he sat there in the dust, scraping pus off of his sores with a piece of broken pottery, hearing his friends accuse him before God of being a wicked, vile sinner, and that's why he's going through all of this. Where was God in all of that? Where was God uh, in Daniel's life? Torn apart from his homeland, taken to a far foreign country, forced to live like a foreigner and, and, and even take on a name of a foreign god. Forced to bow down uh, to an idol, told he can't pray and worship God. Where was God in all of that? In each of those instances, Peter, Job, Daniel, and many more that we could go through in Scripture, in each of those, there was a purpose. Because God's preparation sometimes comes packaged in pain. Can I say this to you? And this is that next statement. Don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. Don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. Now, this is where it starts to get easier said than done. Because we can say we understand that God's preparation comes packaged in pain, but then to do something about it, well, that's another story. So don't look at life from a perspective of pain. Don't just look at life from the perspective of, here's what I've lost. And it might be huge. Don't look at life just from uh, the perspective of, this is what hurts. And again, it may be extremely painful. It may be excruciating. 
Don't just look at life from a perspective of what I can't figure out or what I, uh, what's not fair in life. And all of those may be accurate, legitimate, and reasonable things to be looking at. But don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. Studies show that patients who have suffered some kind of major injury, who focus only on their pain, who focus only on their suffering, how much it hurts, how bad it was, the injury that they suffered, they recover much slower and sometimes never at all because they're focused on the pain. And again, that's easier said than done. Because, you know, of course nobody does this now, but when you were a kid and you skinned your knee and you scraped your knee and you got that scab on there, what'd you do with the scab? You focused on the pain and you started picking at that scab and that thing never recovered and it was nasty and gross for a very long time. Don't focus, don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. Instead, see your pain from a perspective of purpose. Understand that the pain is preparing you for something else. Those who suffered some kind of injury and focused only on the pain and the injury those recovered much slower. But those who focused on the recovery, those who focused on whatever they had to do in order to recovery and, and focused on thinking about what life would be when they got out of the hospital or after they recovered from their surgery or whatever uh, it was that they were going through, when they focused on the process back from the pain of what happened after that, those recovered a whole lot faster. See your pain from a perspective of purpose. Look at Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 28. It's on the back of your handout. Familiar verse to all of us. And we know that all things work together for good. All things. Heard a preacher say once, all means all, and that's all that all means. All things. All things. All things. The financial issues, the fear and doubt about the future, the breakup in a relationship, the regret about decisions that you've already made, pain that is in your life because you had, not because you chose it or because of a decision that you made, but because of absolutely no control of your own. All things, God works all things together, together for, for good. All things together for good. But look what it says, all things together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God says, I am working together all things together for my purpose, not just, not for your pain. I'm working together because there's a purpose, not just to bring you pain. I'm working it together uh, because there's a reason, not just so that you're going through suffering. I'm, I'm putting it together, all of the things together for good, for my purpose. You say, I don't know how much I've been, I've, I've been hurt. 
And I completely understand that. I look across this room and people that aren't here, and I know that there is hurt in this room. From the past, in the present, hurt that, that I would not ever wish upon anybody else. I understand that. The very thing that maybe you've dreaded in life, very thing that maybe you've always tried to avoid in life, would be the one thing that God needs to develop you. You know, the more pain that we endure in life, maybe that means the more preparation that God has for us. And the stronger the pain, the bigger the purpose. Look at James chapter number 1, 2 through 4. It's also there on the back of your handout. James 1, 2 through 4. James says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, when you have to go through difficult testings, when you go through all kinds of pain and suffering. James says, count it all joy. Why? Because you're going through pain and suffering? No. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There's a purpose. There's a reason. There's a perfection, a completion that is coming as a result of pain. Sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain. Quickly, let's look back at Peter. Look back at Luke chapter number 22. Because Peter failed... Peter went through pain. Why did Peter have to go through that pain? There was a purpose. Look at verse number 31 again. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, the old Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. There's the pain. Verse 32, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And look at the end of that verse. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. See, Jesus knew that Peter was going to fail. Peter, Jesus knew that the, the devil was coming. He knew that Peter was going to deny him. He knew that there would be pain. He knew that there would be suffering. He knew that he would fail, that he would doubt, that he would cower, and that he would deny Jesus. But Jesus was going to come back, and he was going to be stronger than ever because of it. Because Peter's pain was preparation for Peter to preach at Pentecost. Who was the first guy to preach the gospel to crowds at Jerusalem? It wasn't James. It wasn't John. It wasn't any of the disciples that, quote-unquote, stayed faithful to Jesus. It was Peter, the one who blatantly denied Savior and Lord. But God says, that pain that you went through, Peter, that's preparation. Because when Peter gets to Pentecost, he's got to preach on forgiveness. He's got to preach on redemption. He's got to preach to the Jewish people who had, or had, who had, who had uh, willingly crucified Jesus. And who better to tell them that you can come back from that because of forgiveness and redemption in a risen Savior than Peter who had denied him. Peter's pain was preparation for God's purpose. There is a purpose. Why did Joseph have to go through pain? Why did Joseph have to endure his brother's hating him, 
for the dreams that God had given him? Why did Joseph have to endure his brothers because of that wanting to kill him? And instead of killing him, they were nice enough to sell him into slavery into Egypt. Why did Joseph have to endure being accused unjustly and then thrown into prison by Potiphar and his wife? Why did Joseph have to endure being forgotten in prison? Why? Because Joseph was being prepared to be second in command in Egypt and save the nation of Israel when they were dealing with the famine in, in, uh, in Canaan. Why did Paul, we went through Paul last week, why did Paul have to go through pain? Why did Paul have to be persecuted, tortured, beaten, falsely accused, shipwrecked? Why? Because Paul said that I might win Christ because somebody needs to know the gospel. Say, I don't always see it. But can I tell you, we've got to choose by faith to believe it. We may look at life and say, I'm afraid. I am frustrated. I am worn out, especially over the last six months. I have had enough. But remember, there's purpose in pain. And the greater the pain, the greater the purpose. Can I say this and, and we'll be done here? God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt. He never does. He will use your pain, your hurt, your fear, your uncertainty to do exactly what he said in Romans 8.28, to bring about good, to work it together for good. So let's not look at life through pain, but let's see our pain from a perspective of purpose. You know, Jesus is the greatest example of this. Jesus, who endured the greatest pain of all time. But Jesus was willing to go through that pain because he saw the purpose. Jesus, who, for the joy that was set before him, the Bible says, endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? It was you and me being restored back to him. There is a reason. 